and it's lights out for another episode of the Breaking the Chain podcast where we will discuss everything from the Hungarian Grand Prix. Let's first of all address Lewis Hamilton F1, the FIA, the Drivers Association and We Racers 1. This is such an important topic at the moment and I feel like Lewis is being let down by F1 as the only time they actually had an organised ceremony was at the Austrian Grand Prix and then it has been left up to Lewis to organise the rest of the ceremonies. The whole We Racers 1 movement is good but useless unless F1 and the GPDA are actually going to do something about it. F1 needs to be a more diverse sport than what it currently is and I feel like they are excluding people without opportunity. By far the most important aspect of this is the drivers themselves. Most F1 drivers already have great names within the sport like Hill, Verstappen, Stroll and Rosberg just to name a few. All of those drivers have come from wealthy backgrounds. Formula 1 is a very expensive sport and automatically excludes people of colour who may not have the same opportunities. Even the junior formula like karting, F3 and F2 are very expensive and by that time unless you were signed by a team at a young age like Hamilton was with McLaren, how are you ever going to be able to afford this great big money pit that is motorsport? The Hamilton family, in particular Lewis's dad, took huge sacrifices to get Lewis through his karting career, just hoping that he would end up being successful. For most people of colour, this is not possible as they didn't and still don't have the same opportunities as white people. If we want this to change and just have more people with different backgrounds coming to F1 and motorsport in general, we as a society need to be representative of the world we live in and make sure that the talent of those people is truly represented and realised. Here is what Lewis had to say when he talked to Sky Sports F1. Uh, quick word on taking the knee at the start. It seemed a bit rushed. Are you, are you concerned that this might be losing a bit of momentum? How... What can you do? Look, I know that you've been so um, vocal and you've been going around all the drivers and talking to them and encouraging them and yeah. keeping the discussion going. But talking to Roman Grosjean, the chairman of the GPDA, he said a decision hadn't even been made about what everyone was doing. Is, is well, there... he doesn't think it's important to do it. So that's, you know, he's one of them that thinks that it was done once and that's all we need to do. But so I tried to speak to him about what the problem is and that it's not going away and we have to continue to, to fight for it. But uh, I think this, this time he didn't mention anything in, in the driver's briefing and, uh, and neither did uh, Sebastian. And Sebastian and I messaged each other and, we, and he stressed, as, as did I, the importance that we continue to do it. I think moving forwards, we need to speak with, the, with Formula One. They've got to do a better job. It was such a rush. I was getting out of the car, running over, quickly doing the, taking the knee, and then, you know, they need to do more. And I don't know why they've, they've only done it for the first race. They've done the, did the start. They've not done it since then. Uh, they've come out saying that they're going to be fighting for a diversity and, and racism, but they're not giving us the platform to continue that because, you know, it's, rush, it's all rushed. So I think they can give us more time. So if we speak to them, I'll probably send an email uh, over the next couple of days and try and coordinate with them to create a better... Because they do want to do it. It's just, I guess, there was not good enough communications. 
Here are some news stories off the track that have caught my eye over the past week. Contracts are already a massive talking point due to the delayed start to the season, with Williams retaining both of their drivers in George Russell and Nicholas Latifi for 2021. The stability and continuity of drivers will help Williams keep building on what has been a great season for the team, even though we've only had three races, and build better foundations for years to come. I look forward to seeing both drivers reach their potential at such a great outfit. This weekend also marks five years since we lost the incredible talent of Jules Bianchi, who was lost way too soon. It's unfortunate that we will never know what Jules would have achieved, but imagine if in those five years he had worked his way up to Ferrari as that was his dream, and he was able to race against his godson Charles Leclerc. It would have been amazing to see them race against each other, and I wonder who would have come out on top of that pairing. But sadly, we will never know. Let's hope that Leclerc can do Jules proud in his career. Now on to the race weekend itself. In free practice one, Pierre Gasly in the AlphaTauri had the sensor issue, but it cost him the whole of the session as the team had to take the whole rear end of the car off so they could get to the sensor that was going haywire. Free practice two was wet, so unfortunately we didn't get that much action on the track. I think that if we get many more wet slash cancelled sessions, it potentially could decide the championship as the teams with cars that have issues will have even less time to iron them out, a case in point being Red Bull. Red Bull had problems with understanding their car all weekend with both Verstappen and Albon complaining of how undrivable the RB16 was. This is obviously because the teams are having to put multiple upgrades on the cars at every race weekend. The drivers are basically driving a different car almost every time they get in it because of the compressed nature of this 2020 season. The team was so concerned about this that they broke the curfew on Friday to try and understand what was going on. Red Bull really need to get their head around why their car is so skittish as they don't have the luxury of taking a long time due to a short season and they need to do it quick as Hungary was their best chance to win. Hungary is not a power track and aero is more important and given that the RB16 is potentially the best aero chassis on the grid they won't get many more chances to put points on the board if they can't work out these problems soon. Now on to qualifying. At the end of Q1, the track ramped up massively, so there was much more grip and performance to the end of the session, which meant the cars could go a lot faster than they were able to at the start. Williams again made headlines in qualifying, this time with getting both cars into Q2, which is the first time since Monza 2018. As I said last week, it just shows how much performance Williams have been able to find over the winter, and how much this will help them in the future. Let's just hope they can all surprise and get through to Q3 at some point this year. For the past two races, it has been one Ferrari into Q3 and one knocked out in Q2. Something similar happened at Red Bull, but the roles were reversed this week, with Alex Albon getting knocked out in Q2 and Max Verstappen getting through to Q3. There has been a lot of talk and opinion that Alex Albon is not getting the best support from his team 
and is under immense pressure to perform against his teammate Verstappen. George Russell commented on this, saying that Red Bull are making Alex look like an idiot. Max Verstappen came back at the Williams driver, saying that he had no idea what is going on in the Red Bull team and to focus on his own team rather than sticking his nose where it does not belong. Here is what George actually said in an interview with Sky Sports F1. I know you guys came up together, yourself, Lando and Alex, and we saw you coming out. He's had a difficult afternoon today. There's something going on with that Red Bull, isn't there? You know, it's just not the Red Bull we, we know. I mean, I've known Alex for the last, you know, 15 years, been in the same paddock as him. You know, he's one of the best drivers we all race. You know, Max, Charles, all of us will say it. He's always, always been at the front in everything he's done, and I don't know what the hell is going on, and I, I feel really, really bad for him because he's being made to look like an idiot, and he's absolutely not, and he, he's won in everything he's done. So I don't know what's going on, but they need to uh, sort it out for him. Both Ferraris got into Q3 for the first time this season. Ferrari are quite significantly down on power compared to the rest of the manufacturers. I'm not into conspiracy theories, but could it have something to do with the secret settlement that Ferrari reached with the FIA last year? As we know, the Ferraris were rapid on the straights, and now that pace seems to have just disappeared. So now the race itself. Max Verstappen crashed on his lap to the grid, damaging the front wing and the front left suspension. It was odd to see, as I have never seen a driver crash on their lap to the grid before. Luckily, the Red Bull crew were able to get the car fixed and Max was able to take part in the race. Sebastian Vettel had an awful stop as he was held in the box. As lots of other cars were coming into the pits, as the position of the Ferrari garage, he had to wait for a gap in the traffic. Nicholas Latifi in the Williams got a five-second time penalty for an unsafe release by his pit crew. He was released into the path of Carlos Sainz and the contact from this ultimately gave him a puncture and because of the puncture he ended up spinning at turn 1. Kimi Raikkonen was also another driver who got a 5 second time penalty but for being out of position at the start of the race. I don't know how Kimi could have been out of position as he was last on the grid. If you didn't think things could get any worse for the AlphaTauri team, well they did with Pierre Gasly having to retire from the race due to a fire coming out of the back of his car. It was a weekend to forget on Gasly's side of the garage as he had a brand new power unit put in for the race. So after a pretty good race, Lewis Hamilton won it by a huge 8.702 seconds over the second and collecting the fastest lap just for good measure. Congratulations, Lewis. Thank I mean, you. you were lapping for fun at the end there. I know it certainly looks easy to us watching, but it's anything but. The reality is everybody works so very hard for this. How do you think this car ranks, even though it's quite early in the season, amongst those that you've driven before for Mercedes and won championships in? The, the, the sad thing for me is that I don't have the, the best memories, so I honestly can't really remember too, too much about the, all, all the different cars there's been so many of them. Uh, like at the beginning, in February, we, we, we drove, um, was it February? Not in February, sorry, but just, I think just before the first race, we had drove the old car at Silverstone and that felt fantastic. Uh, but this one definitely is, you know, each of those cars have been really great, but we've constantly through the year complained or, or found that there was certain issues that 
weren't quite perfect and, and we wanted to work on those. And then, you know, there's a long lead time to get those things implemented to the new design of a new car. And finally, I think this year we've, we've really uh, hit the nail on the head and, and got all those areas that we were talking about the last, particularly the last two years, we got those into this car and it's been driving so well. But the balance great. And, you know, my job out there is obviously to make no mistakes, which I didn't. Uh, but being able to manage the tires that I, the way that I do, that's, that's something I'm constantly trying to work on. I'm constantly studying how to, to improve and home in on that, that, uh, that, you know, that tool that I have. And I think that's why I was able to generally do, you know, create the gap that I had and get that lap at the end. So, but this team just continues, continues to um, amaze me. And uh, I, love, I love working with them. And I'm, I'm grateful that I can do perform on days on weekends like this because, yeah, it's a great feeling. Max Verstappen came home in second for Red Bull. Yeah, it was incredible to, to even start the race. So um, after I hit the wall, I thought that was it. Um, so to get out there and then we had a really good start. We had the right strategy, I think, as well. So I could build a bit of a gap to the guys behind. And um, yeah, to come home in second was, yeah, it was like a victory for us. Uh, I, I definitely didn't expect to be second here today. Um, and of course, a big thank you to the mechanics, you know, to, to be able to uh, repair the car so quickly. With Valtteri Bottas coming home in third and rounding out the podium for Mercedes. Well, Valtteri, it was uh, an eventful race, uh, not least at the start. Just talk us through what actually happened. Yeah, so at the start, um, it, it was really odd. You know, I was um, looking at the start lights, waiting for them to go off. Um, some light, pretty bright, changed in my dash. Either went off or on. I don't know really what happened. So just automatically reacted to that instead of the start lights. And then I was late for the actual start. So pretty disappointing, but um, yeah, then ultimately lost too much time in the beginning of the race. And um, I think that was it. Difficult to recover from a start like that, but you certainly tried some clever strategy moves with the undercuts and ultimately to, to take a podium away from today, given that start, must be a positive thing. Yeah, of course, would have been good to be at least getting through Max in the end, but uh, still some points. Um, I hope this is the worst race of the year. I hope uh, all the rest of the results will be better for me. But uh, again, many things to learn from this weekend. And um, yeah, we're still in the beginning. Yes, Lewis leads now the championship, but um, the game is far from being over. So I look forward to the next race. And you pushed Max all the way. Were you surprised he was able to hold off and keep that second spot? I think he he managed his tyres pretty well towards the end, so he could maintain consistent pace, and um, yeah, that that gave him second place. We tried. I think it was a good thing to try and stop again and really attack at the end, end, end with a fresher tyre, but it was not enough. Now I've said this many times before that I hate when penalties get applied after the race, but this happened to both Haas cars, with both drivers getting 10-second time penalties for the team breaking the driver aid rule by telling both drivers to come in at the end of the formation lap for dry tyres. Renault for the second week in a row have again lodged a protest against Racing Point with the brake ducts as the team is still racing with them even though the protest that Renault put forward last week was made admissible by the FIA. The parts have already been taken from Racing Point and the 2019 Mercedes. 
but the parts that Racing Point have used had used this weekend do not have to be taken and the team can keep them in their possession. So we've reached the checkered flag. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and I look forward to catching you all next time for the British Grand Prix in two weeks. <laughs>